What is an algebra? By the end of this episode, you will know the two characteristics that make an API into an algebra. My name is Eric Normand, and I help people thrive with functional programming. So this topic, I'm bringing it up because this is very important for level three of functional thinking. And people have been asking me a lot of questions. Level three is all about algebraic thinking. They've been asking, how do I develop that skill? And how do I, how do I get to level three? I'm at level two. And I think one of the things that you need to know is like, what is an algebra? It's good to describe what it is. I've used the term before with some, some programmers who don't really understand why I would be using algebra. To them, algebra is this thing you learned in high school where you used a lot of uh, letters instead of numbers and you learned to solve quadratic equations and like what does this software design, basically functional programming software design, what does that have to do with an algebra, right? And what is an algebra as opposed to algebra? Okay, so that's what I'm talking about in this episode. What is an algebra? And from a software design perspective, not from a math perspective, so I'm not trying to define algebra in the mathematical sense. Uh, they have a much more precise definition um, and uh, it's also used in, in several different ways. So this is, I'm trying to get at what's, what I'm trying to explain. And I'm not the only one to use this term. Um, I've heard Alan Kay talk about it, like the point of, of, you know, software design is to find algebras. So, uh, I'm not alone <laughs> and there's there's prior art from people who are way smarter and uh, more certified than I am. Um, okay, so the first approach I'm gonna take to explain this, and I'm also just working on my approach right now. Okay, so the first approach is that Martin Fowler wrote a book about domain-specific languages, DSLs. And in it, he tries to explain what an internal DSL is. Because when you write one, it looks a lot like just a regular interface, a regular API, you might call it. So why would you give that a different name? So he, he talks about it, and what he says, what his idea is, and I, I tend to agree with this, is that a DSL is an API, an internal DSL, not like you actually create a new grammar and like a, you parse it and stuff like that, but an internal DSL where you use the language, the host languages pieces to make a new thing that it crosses some qualitative line and becomes very fluent. That's, what, that's his word. It starts to get very expressive and 
You can say what you need to say without uh, resorting to any kind of tricks or anything like that. So it's a qualitative measure. You go from, it's still an API, but you go from this kind of push button API, do this, do that, to a fluency, like, oh, I want my picture to look like this, right? And um, it's a very similar qualitative change going from an API, an interface, a set of functions to an algebra. And there are really two qualities to it that, that push it over that line. Okay, so it is a spectrum, and the line where it is is fuzzy, um, but pushing stuff toward the algebra side is a good idea. Okay, so here are the two, the two characteristics. One, it's abstract, and two, it is cohesive, and I'll explain what I mean. So... When we're doing arithmetic, we're working with numbers, you know, 4, 10, 15, and we've got these operations like plus, times, minus, divide. And when we first start algebra class, we start to replace those numbers with letters. And it can be confusing. A lot of students don't know what's going on, and they want to know what X is for instance. And you know, often you'll say, oh, it, it could be anything, or you don't know what X is, but you still have to figure out how to continue solving the problem. So we've got this number, which is, a, I mean, number is an abstract concept, but it's more concrete than a letter that represents some unknown number or all numbers, you know, but one number at a time, but it could be out of all numbers. You know, it's, it's a much more abstract concept and it lets you realize that there are things that are true about numbers and those operations that doesn't depend on the individual number right so you could say x divided by x equals one as long as x doesn't equal zero and this is a statement where at the beginning of algebra class, you know, the beginning of the year, a student could say, what, what is X? I want to check, you know, I want to, I want to, if it's three, then it's three divided by three. That does equal one. I can do that. Or if it's five and it's five divided by five, yes, it equals one. And eventually by doing enough of these, uh, problems, you know, seeing enough of these formulas, they come to realize, okay, I don't need to know what X is. I can operate on the equation itself in this abstract, symbolic way and still do a lot of good, interesting work. Okay, so that's what I mean by abstract. We're able to start replacing specific values with variables, and we, st we still have meaning, okay? Um, so I gave a, an example when I talked about level three, the three levels before in level three, I talked about a video algebra. And so I could say 
something like if I concatenate video A with video B, I get video C whose length is the sum of the length of A and B, right? So I'm starting to speak very abstractly. This is a true statement regardless of how, how, where, what A is or what B is, how it was created, how it was, you know, what type it is really, you know, any of those things, it doesn't matter. I'm saying A and B, um, in the abstract, meaning any thing, any video, right? Okay, so that's abstract. Now, cohesive is required as well. And by cohesive, you know, cohesive in, in the general sense just means things go really well together. They're related, they, they work well together. And I want to be a little bit more specific than that for my definition. Yes, they have to go well together, but they have to go well, so well together that you can start to define relationships between them using the using each other right so we have uh what we call identities in math uh we have they're they're basically just equalities they're formulas with an equal sign they kind of relate how addition relates to subtraction and how addition relates to multiplication how multiplication relates to division right and so you start to actually have these formal definitions for how they interrelate and it's all expressed within the cohesive set of operations that you have you don't have to go elsewhere you know one thing that happens in programming is we we might come up with this really nice set of operations on a on a data type and then to define its behavior eh, we go outside that and we write some unit tests and we we get to like do other things in the unit test right but wouldn't it be better if we could say something like we say in in mathematical algebra algebra class uh, we could say um, a plus B equals C means that C minus A equals B, right? And we do that all the time. We'll move the A to the other side of the equation, right? So C minus A equals B is kind of a, an, it's, it's derivable from the first one, A plus B equals C. And so this, this is setting up a little relationship that if, if one is true, the other is true. And so we can start to do that, if we can start to do that, if our set of operations is cohesive enough, we can start to set up these equalities. We can start to say, um, if I trim, if, if I cut a video in half, or let's say I can cut it anywhere, into as let's say I cut the video A into B and C and then I concatenate them back together it should be the same as A right that's like a little identity to to say how they work but in terms of each other very abstractly so then you can start to do 
those kinds of symbolic manipulations that you do in algebra class. You can work on the equation. You can move stuff around and cancel things out and, and uh, move all the knowns to one side so that you can solve for the unknowns. You can do all those kinds of manipulations not ever having a specific value for those variables. Right? You don't have to have the value. And that's the kind of place that we want to get in level three, where we don't even have to have the value. We're able to reason on paper, on the chalkboard, just moving stuff around, and it and it's what we're doing is true, right? It, what we're doing is is making progress toward whatever goal we have but we never actually had a real value, okay? These things are so cohesive and abstract that we can start building on them, and uh, they're likely never to change. Like the, it, You could get it to the point where you've gotten rid of all the corner cases, it's a small API, and now you can compose them together to solve your problem. You can compose a whole video editing editing suite out of these basic little operations. So you get those right, and now it's just like a game of making the UI, right? So that's that's the idea of level three, and that's what I mean by algebra. So there's two algebras that you might be, you're probably familiar with as a programmer. So there's um, Boolean algebra which uh, operates on uh, you know, true-false, and it defines all these operators like or and 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 stuff like that. And they're defined in terms of each other, right? You can, you can define or of a, you know, well, you know, there's, <laughs> or you can define in terms of negation and, uh, and arrow and, Double arrow can be defined in terms of arrow and and you know so they're all interrelated, and that that is what makes it an algebra. You can transform the not not of an or the negation of an or into the and of the negation. You know, so it's like all these little identities that let you manipulate symbols. You don't even have to know if it's true or false. You can manipulate symbols and you can find an answer without ever having specific values. Uh, another one is the relational algebra. And this defines uh, relations, which are like database tables. You know, they have uh, tuples with um, named, uh, named values in them. And defines all sorts of, of operations on them. And you can define some operations in terms of others, and you always are operating at this level of relations, um, which is another thing uh, that I'm not sure of, but I'm going to bring it up. Um, an algebra is probably, not sure, it's probably always with one or maybe a small number, two or three very related types. Usually it's one type. So like look at the relational algebra 
it's one type, the, the relation, right? Even if you have one like row in your table, one tuple, that it's a relation of one. You have an empty relation. And you're always manipulating relations. Same with Boolean algebra. You're always dealing with true and false, a Boolean value. And you know you can't escape it because everything returns another Boolean, right? Um, likewise, in the video editing uh, algebra, you're always dealing with a segment of video. You take a segment and another segment and you put them together, now you have a new segment, right? So that is, um, I, I think that's pretty, pretty secure, but I'm not ready to go there yet. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, cool. If you like this episode and you want to see past episodes, you can go to lispcast.com slash podcast. There you will find all the past episodes, including audio, video, and text transcripts. Uh, you'll also find links to subscribe to to the episodes, either through a podcast or on YouTube or RSS if you're uh, doing the blog reader. You'll also find links to social media where you can get into discussions with me. If you have any ideas on this, email me, tweet me, LinkedIn message me. Love to get into discussions and uh, really dig deep into this. Cool. My name is Eric Norman. This has been my thought on functional programming. Thank you for being there and rock on.